football game, right? And we're going to take four quarters and defense get the fourth down. Stop. Yeah. Huge. Huge. Yeah. Hey, and then offensively a 15-play drive to bleed that clock out. And then Julian to get the pick. Championship starting the division, right? We got one. We got another division game next week, right? So get your bodies right. Get your minds right because we're going to go do that again in Jacksonville next week. The guy that stepped up big time now. Stepped up big time. He's done it twice now. Ten, break a step. Yeah. to the end and you find a way yeah. hey gang on three one two three game. you're listening to the colts blue zone podcast with mike chapel and dave griffiths hello and welcome to this edition of the colts blue zone podcast you heard Coach Shane Steichen and also quarterback Gardner Minshew fired up after the Colts beat the Tennessee Titans 23-16 at Lucas Oil Stadium on Sunday. And this was a big one. This, this broke some streaks for the Colts. It broke a home losing streak that dates back to last October. And it broke a five-game losing streak to the Tennessee Titans. So that is uh, great to hear if you're a Colts fan. We'll hear more from Coach Steichen. We'll hear from Zach Moss. We'll hear more from Minshew. And also, Jonathan Taylor, we have so much to talk about today. I'll try to keep it as quick as I can. But, you know, first of all, let's talk about the game. Then we'll talk about Anthony Richardson, some of the negatives from there. First off, the Colts took it to the Titans here. Zach Moss, 23 carries, 165 yards, two touchdowns, two receptions for 30 yards. Also, a Jonathan Taylor sighting. So, you know, when we did our podcast on Thursday and, and Taylor had just spoken to the media, it didn't sound great. It sounded like this was a guy who had one foot out the door. And then Saturday, you look around and he's got a new contract all of a sudden. So, obviously, the, the Colts working behind the scenes, working some back channels there with JT and his reps, trying to get something worked out here and, and make the best of what had been a pretty ugly, what, what appeared at least publicly to be a, a pretty acrimonious situation there. But he was back and he was there and he played in the game as well. He ended up with six carries for 18 yards and one reception for 16 yards. And that was a key reception. I'll talk about that a little bit more. Josh Downs, six catches, 97 yards, no touchdowns for him, but he had six targets. Six catches on six targets. He had a huge pass from Richardson on a third and long that was just a, a great throw from Richardson and a great catch from Downs. And then just the catch and run stuff. This guy, one of these days, he's going to have one of these like seven, eight catch, 130 yard, uh, two touchdown games. I think this kid is really, really good. Solid game from Michael Pittman Jr. Five receptions for 52 yards. And the Colts hit on some big plays in this game. They had a 26 yard catch from Moss. They had a 27 yard catch from Pittman. A 38 yard catch from Downs. Moali Cox with one for 17 yards. He did leave the game after entering the concussion protocol and then a 56-yard run from Zach Moss. And that was his first touchdown of the game. And as impressive as that 56-yarder was, and it was very impressive, go back and look at what Ryan Kelly and Quentin Nelson and the rest of that offensive line did to get that hole open for him, for Zach Moss, and he just took it all the way. It's funny, we thought, well, he doesn't have the break breakaway speed of Jonathan Taylor, but that was a very Taylor-like run there. Gets a huge hole and just accelerates and goes up by himself. But as, a, as impressive as that was, I think that three-yarder may have been even better. I know the distance isn't there, but the game situation, the way that was blocked, the toughness that he displayed in getting to the end zone in that play, to me, was one of the most impressive points of the game. The offensive line 
absolutely played out of its mind. They were solid in protection. We saw both Richardson and Minshew with good pockets a lot of the games. They kept them pretty clean. They didn't have a lot of quarterback hits, the Titans, in this game. And then they were just able to, to dominate the line of scrimmage, especially when it came to offense. The Colts averaged 5.7 yards per carry. Keep in mind, this Titans front gave up 2.9 yards per carry and 70 yards per game going into week five. I mean, that is just crazy. Zach Moss himself had 165 yards. Just an impressive effort all the way around. Uh, it didn't necessarily feel like a must-have game for the Colts in some respects, but they really needed to win this one. They, they needed it for, for their fan base, for, for the soul of the team. I know that sounds pretty dramatic. Last week's game against the Rams was one that they fell down in. They came back. They tied it up, and they, they couldn't pull that out in overtime. And I think they just kind of needed this one to just sort of cleanse things. And it really did. It really worked for them. Probably most surprising to me, not necessarily the final score, although I did not have the Colts winning this one. And I'm, I'm glad that they did, obviously. I mean, as a Colts fan, this is what you want to see. I just didn't know if this team had this in them. And they do. I, I think Shang Steichen brings such so much to this team and I think these guys are behind their coach 100% and my goodness this guy has just been incredible uh, an incredible addition for the Colts I just think schematically they get a lot of uh, advantage out of having Steichen on that sideline for them as a team the Colts had 193 yards and again the Titans had averaged 70 given up 70 yards through week, uh, before week five. You've got to give the game ball to Zach Moss. Let's hear briefly from the running back. Zach, we talked on Friday about momentum, building momentum, just getting better as the game went on. How much was that proven to be true for you this afternoon? Yeah, um, you know, as I get into the rhythm and the flow and things like that, you know, you know, I start to see different things, you know, and try to capitalize on those as the game goes. And, you know, I've always been that type of player, you know, the more I get going and the better I feel and the more I feel like I can do. Um, and, you know, that's just coaches put me in a great position. And like I said, offensive line, I can't do any of this without those guys up front. Um, and they, they've definitely been the best. You got things rolling with Anthony early on and then Gardner stepped in. How significant was it for you to have such extended time that you had with Gardner, especially in that Baltimore game that paid off this afternoon as well? Yeah, I mean, I've said it before, Gardner's a pro, right? And, you know, when he came in, no one was like, oh, snap, what's going to happen now? Um, obviously, he's helped us win games before he's helped other teams and in, in, through his career um, win games. So, you know, obviously, we know what we get when we got Gardner, and we're just as confident. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, all our missions are the same. Uh, it's to help, win, help this team win games. Without a doubt, Moss was the star of the game, despite all the talks surrounding Jonathan Taylor's new contract and his return. He got a lot of ovations at the stadium during the game because people were happy to have JT back. We'll hear from JT at the end of the podcast. He did speak after the game to the media, but first, let's hear what Shane Steichen had to say after the game. First off, just Anthony. Uh, as you guys know, he's got a shoulder. Um, I'll get more uh, as I get with the doctors and stuff later on. Um, and then Mo Alley's got a concussion. Uh, that's the injuries for the game. All right, with that, questions. First quarter, uh, season's usually in quarters. First quarter, obviously, are, is over. With Anthony only finishing one game out of the five, is that changing anything or just 
going Yeah, we'll go back and look at the tape. I think, you know, when you have a dynamic player like him, um, and obviously one of his skill set is a runner, that what makes him really good. Um, you know, the design runs, the design run that he got hurt on, we ran something similar to that last week where he popped it for a big one. And then obviously this week he got the shoulder uh, on that play. So um, that's stuff that, you know, you got to look at and be smart with. And it's part of, part of the game. And, you know, hope you, you don't want it to happen for sure. Just happened. You probably haven't talked to you, but do you have any sense on whether it's a serious injury? Yeah, I don't. I just know he's got the shoulder. There was a report yeah. that, that the X-ray was negative. Can you confirm that? I don't all? know that. Uh, just, uh, but what, what have you learned about Zach Moss here in the first five weeks of career? Shoot, he ran hard. What do you have today? Hundred? What do you have? Hundred? One sixty-five. I mean, he ran hard. He had good vision. He popped a few. Obviously, that third and one. They were in kind of a zero plug look, and he popped it for 50 plus. Uh, and then obviously that third down backed up. Great job by the defense getting that stop on fourth down. That was huge. And then to get that 15 play drive, but that third down he caught out of the backfield to go down the sidelines to get some momentum there was huge. But just resilient, running tough, taking care of the football, uh, making big plays for us. The patience and trust that he has with that offensive line right now. Can you just tell us what you observe from that line particularly? I mean, the line's playing together. I mean, credit to those guys up front, putting in the work every week. And Tony, our line coach, what he's done with those guys week in and week out, um, they're doing a heck of a job right now, battling like crazy. JT made his season debut today, um, obviously on a snap count. But what did you think of his performance today? Shoot, I thought he played well. You know, obviously he had a few runs, and everybody had the big screen down the sidelines. Uh, that was huge. But it, it's great to have him back. I mean, like I said, the home run ability that he brings to us. And as we keep going, and next week, obviously, practicing and getting getting them going a little more, uh, it'll be good. What did his presence kind of do you know, for you in the locker room, even just him kind of being back? Yeah, I think any time you get a big-time player like that back in your locker room, obviously it helps everything, right? It helps the energy of the room and all that stuff, and uh, that's what he brings. You know, he brings big playability to this offense, and we're excited to have him. You think about complimentary football, the stop that Z had in the fourth quarter and then the long drive, just is that what it was going to take to beat, win this game? Oh, so you, uh, you know, I told the guys, I said, at some point, you know, someone's going to have to make a big-time play in this game. And it's going to be four quarters. It's going to be a four-quarter battle. And that's what that game was. It came down to four quarters right there at the end. And you know, we got the big stop, like you said. And uh, shooting a 15-play drive there. Would have loved to finish it, obviously, offensively, getting the first down right there. Um, but then Julian Blackman finishing the game off with the interception. Uh, it was a big time. How important has this defensive front seven just been to the way you guys have started? The fourth down is one play, but you know, Henry only had 3.3 yards of carry. It's kind of over and over again. There's no doubt. They're playing together as one, man. That whole group, obviously, the defensive line, the linebackers, and the DBs are all playing together. Um, but it just keeps showing up. And to hold a guy like Henry to what they did uh, was huge. I mean, he is a big man. I mean, when you see him up close in person, um, he's, he's the real deal. But credit to our defense, credit to our defensive coaches uh, for getting it done. Offensive line standpoint, that they, Tennessee came in like averaging less than three yards, giving up less than three yards per carry, holes all day long. How do you feel about the way the offensive line is like I said earlier, I mean, they're playing together. I mean, they're doing a heck of a job right now. You know, they're all on the same page. The communications have uh, been really good. And then obviously the runner, you know, Zach hitting the holes and seeing it well. I mean, it's, it's impressive to see right now. How would it be better back bad over the Titans? You haven't beat them in a while. First home win in a long time. Division opponent, close game. How, how big is that for this locker room? Yeah, I mean, it's huge. I mean, division games, all games are big. But, you know, you want to win championships, you got to win division games. And uh, to get the division win at home against Tennessee, uh, was huge, and we got to keep it going. Obviously, you know we got Jacksonville next week, and uh, get ready for them. So you, guys, you guys have been through a lot. I mean, you know, this year, Anthony getting hurt, overtime games, all that. I mean, just what have you learned through those trials? 
Uh, I think it builds character of your football team. You know what I mean? It kind of, you find out who you are, you know, the resiliency. We talked about that, you know, in Baltimore, obviously, you know, even last week against the Rams being down 23, coming back, uh, and then finding a way to finish these games, you know, um, which was huge. And again, I go back to that. Someone's got to make a play, and it's that fourth down stop. We get the fourth down stop. We go on a 15-play drive to bleed all that clock out and leave them, you know, whatever, a minute left with no timeouts. Uh, it says a lot about this football team. Did you say, Oh, that's going to be great. Obviously, it's a great one-two punch with both those guys. Zach's seen it well, getting JT back in the fold, uh, his explosive playability. Uh, to have those guys back in the backfield is going to be huge moving forward. It seems like, it seems like uh, Josh Downs catches almost everything going his way. Just how many rookies hit the ground running like this? So what's allowed him to just fit so well so far? I think with any rookie uh, that has success early, I think part of it is they have a natural feel on how to play the game. You know what I mean? A lot of those guys that you see make big plays, they made them in college, and then it translates sometimes in the NFL quickly. Um, but again, I've said this before about him, he's got a natural feel uh, on playing that position, uh, catches everything, runs goods routes, he's explosive. Uh, and then obviously the quarterbacks, both Anthony and Gardner, got a you know a good feel for the way he runs his routes and just find completions to him. You said Anthony would have to go through some some ups and downs throughout, like as a rookie. From a not from a physical standpoint, from an emotional standpoint, how do you help him through this part of it? Where you know obviously he wants to be on the field, wants to play. Yeah, no doubt. I, I think you know when you when something happens like that, obviously he hurt his shoulder today. Um, you know you got you got to fight through those things, and that's that's part of this league. Uh, you got to have, you know, the conversations that will build you as a stronger, you know, sometimes in life with any type of deal, you get nicked up. Like, why does this happen to me? You know what I mean? You got to you got to think about the positive uh, and think that obviously something good's going to come out of it in the end. All right, Bob, last one. Is Gardner the best backup quarterback in the league? Yeah, to me he is. And I've been around him and obviously I'm biased, but I've been around him. So and I've been around the other guys, but the way he's playing when he comes in, he makes plays for sure. So uh, makes him so. Uh, why is he so good in this kind of situation? I think he's an elite processor of the game, and when you got a guy that can process the game quickly and make quick decisions, uh, and he's really good, he's accurate. Um, he knows where to go with the football at the right time in the right place, and he's been he's been awesome for us. Now, now listen, I'm not going to nitpick some so much this week. Uh, this was a great team win. They did a good job defensively. They did a nice job on offense. They got plays when they needed them against a very tough Tennessee Titans defense. But for all the good, and there was a lot of good, there was one very, very big negative in this game, and that is Anthony Richardson injuring his throwing shoulder. This came on a quarterback-designed run. He kind of got hit by a couple Tennessee players when he went down. You know, one of those players was kind of on top of him, and he landed that full weight of a couple of guys on his shoulder. Reportedly from Ian Rappaport, this is a grade three AC joint sprain again of that throwing shoulder. He'll probably miss at least a month, according to Rappaport early this morning, citing sources. We haven't heard anything officially yet from the team, but I think the injured reserve is a real possibility here for Richardson. He would miss the next four games at the least if the Colts decided to put him on there. That would keep him out at Jacksonville, at home against Cleveland, at home against New Orleans, and then a road game against Carolina in the Frank Reich revenge game. Reportedly, they do need to do another MRI. Richardson may seek a second opinion, so it's not set in stone that he'll miss a month, but that is what the initial reports do tend to indicate. If he is on IR 
and he does have to miss four games because of this injury. And, and if they do put him on injured reserve, he would have to miss a minimum of four games. It doesn't just mean four games, could be longer than that, but he can't return sooner than four games. That would put him on target for a return against the New England Patriots in week 10 when the team travels to Germany for their game. And then after that, the Colts would have their bye week in week 11. So if the Colts do determine this injury is going to be something that's going to keep Richardson out for a month, I think it's wisest to not play him against the Patriots in week 10 in that road game in Germany. I think it makes a lot more sense to go ahead, give him one more extra week to heal up there in week 11 when they're on their open date, when they have that bye week, and then he'll, he would come back in week 12 against Tampa. I think that makes a lot of sense for the team. Unfortunately, this also means Richardson's left three out of the four games he's appeared in so far. He missed the Baltimore game after failing to clear concussion protocol. He left the Jacksonville game at the end after suffering an knee injury, and he'd also banged up his ankle a little bit earlier in that one. Now, he indicated, and the team indicated, he could have come back into that game at Jacksonville, but because of the situation, they didn't feel like they necessarily needed to put him back in, so they stuck with Minshew there. Week two against the Texans, you know, he rolled out a couple of really big touchdown runs and then suffered a concussion when his head hit the turf and had to leave that game in the first half after, you know, getting spotting the Colts a, a pretty nice lead there. And then Minshew kind of finished that game up. Week three, he couldn't play against Baltimore because of the concussion. He had not cleared protocol, so he missed the Baltimore game. Minshew got the Colts, helped the Colts get, Minshew and the defense helped the Colts get an overtime win in that game. And Matt Gay, of course, because he had all those 50-plus uh, yard field goals in that game. Week four, Richardson came back, played a full game, played a clean game in that one against the Rams. It did go into overtime, although the Colts' offense never saw the field in overtime. He was able to play completely in that game. But then with uh, about four minutes or so left in the first half of this game is when Richardson took that hit. And he is, uh, you know, you could just tell immediately his, his shoulder was sagging. He was kind of leaning over to his right side, favoring that side. And he was, he was upset about it. You could tell. It's really unfortunate. I mean, of the three quarterbacks that went in the first round, you know, Bryce Young is having a, a, a really rough start. C.J. Stroud looking all the way like a franchise quarterback right now. Richardson showing flashes of that, too but just not being able to stay healthy. And it's been a real shame for the Colts and uh, the fans because I, I do think, you know, as good as Gardner Minshew is as a backup quarterback, he does have his limitations. Now, he processes his football on a very, very high level. Uh, Steichen said as much. You do miss some things. There are just things that Anthony Richardson can do that Gardner Minshew can't do. And also that goes for like 99% of the NFL can't do the things that Anthony Richardson does but you know you got to keep him healthy and those designed runs are things that are in part of Richardson's game and I just I feel like that's just an unfortunate thing that's that's happened to him but you know you, you don't want to throw around that injury prone tag but let's face it three out of four games he's not been able to finish due to, to different injuries. And he's had to miss a game because of a concussion as well. But hey, Gardner Minshew there to steady the ship. He was a great off-season acquisition for the Colts. Finished 11 of 14 for 155 yards. Led three scoring drives, even though he himself did not throw for a touchdown. He ended up uh, leading them to a touchdown and two field goals. The touchdown coming by way of Zach Moss, as much of the scoring did for the Colts on Sunday. Gardner Minshew with his winter soldier hair, 
looking magnificent. Let's hear from the Colts' backup QB. Can you take us through that last drive and how good it felt to just, one, see the stop from the defense and then notice you took advantage of it? Yeah, defense played well all day, man. Stopped a really, really good team. Great running back there on fourth down. That was, that was awesome. Um, you know, wish we could have scored a touchdown then, just ice it off, you know, feel a little bit better. But uh, it was good to, you know, get some big, crucial third down conversions down the stretch and uh, really set our defense up in a pretty good situation. Um, thought it was just a great team win, man. You've gotten to see a lot of Zach Moss over the past several months and then Jonathan Taylor, just what he's done in the past and even today. How potent do you think this backfield can be throughout the rest of the season? Yeah, no, they just uh, got to keep doing what they're doing, man. Zach's running his tail off. It's obviously exciting to get JT back. We all know what he can do. But, man, Zach's been tough, man. He's been toting the, toting the mail for us. A lot of carries, a lot of hard yards, you know, and I'm just really proud of him, happy for him, happy for myself as a fantasy owner, you know, uh, with Zach Moss. You know, really been a good stretch. Picked him up in camp, had a good feeling. So. Coach Stacken calls you the best backup quarterback in the league, in his opinion, just the way you process the game. What, what works for you? What does it mean to have that confidence of your head coach and of your team knowing that Anthony, you know, but the way he plays could go down at any moment? No, it feels good, man. No, no, you got a coach that believes in you. The guys around you uh, can rally around. Um, you know, obviously, it's Anthony's team, and it's going to be um, very excited for him. So, unfortunately, he, you know, keeps having uh, these issues, but he's playing great. I think everybody believes in him. Um, I'm grateful for every opportunity I get. Um, grateful for Coach for bringing me here. Grateful for the team for you know letting me do my thing, and um, yeah, just excited to keep moving forward. The music was pretty loud in the locker room. What was the vibe like after this win? It was lit, is what it was. Now we were fired up, man. Winning in the division is not easy. First time beating Tennessee in a while, um, so man, that's fun. You know, when you put so much into it, you gotta enjoy it that much too. You have talked to AR. If you have, what would you say to him just from an emotional standpoint of knowing like how badly he wants to be able to help the team and help you all get lit in the locker room and things like that? Yeah, you know, just let him know we're all with him. You know what I'm saying? And, and nothing's going to change that. You know, we're with him, you know, whatever he needs, whenever he needs it. Um, you know, like you said, we're very excited for him and what he's going to be able to do for us um, and just trying to keep his spirits high, you know, no matter what happens. You and the coach have some history there. What, what makes him different? Man, I think he's just himself. You know, I think that's the awesome thing to see. I've seen him as an offensive coordinator, and I've seen him as a head coach now. And uh, he's the same guy, man. He even gives the same, uh, you know, uh, night before speeches, which I'm the only one that catches on, you know, so that's a little tough. But, uh, but no, he's a great guy, man, very genuine, cares, wants to win, wants to put the work in to win. Um, he's awesome, man. Can you take us through the spam move? Um, we talked about this. Yeah, you know, obviously. Um, had a lot of time to think about that one, you know. Felt like I was running for about 10 seconds. Um, I knew I couldn't beat him with speed, so the opposite of that, slow down and spin. Thought I had the first down, too. Um, maybe we could look back at that one, but yeah. Now, at the end there, Minshew was talking about the, the spin and, or the spin cycle, if you will. He was trying to pick up a first down that really would have put the Colts in position to get some points before the end of the half. The ball was spotted a little bit short. You know, you can, you can argue with the spot if you want. I wasn't sure if he got touched until he actually was down on the ground. And if that's the case, then it should have been spotted as a first down. But the Colts couldn't get the first down there, just came up short. They decided to go for it there right before the half with about 15 seconds left, were unable to connect on a pass from Minshew to Kylan Granson. 
And, uh, but you know what? Minshew is so steady. They took some shots with him on Sunday, which they didn't always do in some of the other games. You know, it was mostly kind of dink and dunk, over the middle type of stuff. He went deep a couple of times, and they got a pass interference flag for one of them. They completed a couple other things, too. So they opened it up, I felt like, a little bit with Minshew. But you can't really talk about this game without talking about the defense. Uh, the defense clamped down on Derrick Henry, just 43 yards on 13 carries, a 3.3 average. He had had 100-yard games against the Colts in six out of their last seven games, and I think seven 100-yard gains in 14 of their matchups. Biggest moment for me of the game, fourth and one, Titans put the ball in Henry's hands. DeForest Buckner throws off his blocker, gets initial contact, and Zaire Franklin cleaned it up. They sent Henry backwards on a key fourth and one play there, and that is just not something that you see very often. Now, after the defense did its job there, then we got a great drive from the offense. They held the ball for more than seven minutes. They went 14 plays, 84 yards. They drained the clock. They forced the Titans to use all of their timeouts, and the only thing that would have made it better was if the Colts could have gotten in the end zone. Because if they'd gotten in the end zone, then Tennessee would have had absolutely no chance in this game. Not that I thought that Tennessee was going to score late, but crazy things sometimes happen in the NFL. You know, we could have had a broken cover, broken assignment. You could have blown a coverage. You could have had somebody slip on the turf and, and not make a tackle. You could have had a missed tackle, something along those lines. Crazy things sometimes happen in the game. If you're up by two scores, you feel a lot better about that. But they were able to get the field goal. That put them up by a touchdown. That put the pressure on the Titans. But boy, if they could have gotten the end zone, that would have just been the perfect capper to the game there because Tennessee wouldn't have had any hope of a comeback. But still, the Colts' defense did its job. They closed the door on it. Uh, Julian Blackman with an interception. They were trying to hit uh, – Tannehill was trying to hit DeAndre Hopkins for what felt like the 90th time of the game. Got the interception on third and 10. Colts were able to kneel down after that and run out the rest of the clock since the Titans didn't have any timeouts. They also sacked Tannehill on that last drive. They had gotten close to him, not been able to bring him down, including one in which he somehow spun out of the grasp of DeForest Buckner, which is a thing that I didn't think was even possible. They did get Tannehill on that last drive. It was Samson Ebukam uh, getting to him and then, you know, playing a little gamesmanship there, trying to drain as much clock as possible, kind of delayed uh, letting go of him. And then he picked up a delay of game penalty there. And then the Colts also had eight quarterback hits in this game, three of them coming from Taekwon Lewis. And, and they, you know, it wasn't a perfect game by any of the stretch of the imagination. It felt pretty perfect by the result of the game and, and many of the plays that you think of on defense and on offense. But once again, the Colts surrendered a 100-yard receiving day for a wide receiver. This time, I mean, it's no secret DeAndre Hopkins has been one of the best in the league for a long time. He had eight catches for 140 yards, but he joins Nico Collins, Puka Nakua, and Calvin Ridley as 100-yard receivers against the Colts' secondary. And they are young, and they are inexperienced, and we do see this as an emerging trend. In four out of the five games the Colts have played this year, the defense has surrendered a 100-yard receiver. The only team that didn't have a 100-yard receiver was Baltimore, and that was such a grind-out defensive game that it would have been surprising if, if somebody had gotten 100 yards. Then the, the other thing that I, I don't mind being aggressive, we saw it with Frank Reich, we've seen it with Steichen, you know, it is, it is going to be all about pushing it, pushing it, pushing it, trying to gain that advantage on the other team. I still would have taken the points before halftime. Now, hindsight's twenty twenty. If they'd scored a touchdown there, 
and Minshew tried to hit Kylan Granson, but he was he had a ton of pressure in his face, and he just could not get enough on that ball to get it to Granson, who then would have walked in for a touchdown. It was a well-designed play. I have no qualms with the de- design of the play or anything like that, just one of those things where a good defensive player makes a great play and prevents that play from, from being able to, to happen. My problem is the Colts knew they would be somewhat limited, right, without Richardson in the game. They have Minshew in, and I know they have a lot of confidence in Minshew, but you have a chance to put some points on the board, and I, I know that you're going to look at it either way, but I'd say go ahead and, and take those points because three points better than no points, seven points better than three. Certainly I understand that, but given the situation that the Colts had there where the Titans got the ball to start the second half, they're missing their starting quarterback and now have their reserve in. I think points are at a premium there. And with 15 seconds left in the half, if you just go ahead and take the score, it's really not going to change the complexity of the game at all because there, there will be a kickoff, yes, but I don't think the Titans are going to do anything with that. I suppose they could have a return or something along those lines. But in all likelihood, it would have been a touchback and on the kickoff and then a, a kneel down for the Titans, and they would have had the ball to start the second half with the Colts having three more points on the board. And then, by the way, after the Colts settled for the field goal late in that fourth quarter after that long drive, it's a 10-point lead now, and that also closes the door on the Titans. But again, hindsight's 20-20. If Minshew's able to get enough air on that pass, Granson gets into the end zone, so I really can't begrudge it there, but I think I would have taken the points in that particular case. You always hate to not take the points when they're there. I know it was a tough situation and probably 50-50 on all of it. Now let's talk about the Jonathan Taylor of it all. Taylor returned for the Colts after being sidelined since December, having surgery in January on his ankle. He talked to the media Thursday, never really tipped his hat that anything was going on. As a matter of fact, it kind of sounded like a guy didn't want to be there anymore. And in some respects, you know, I'm a Colt for now. I'm in Indianapolis right now. It's all about health and health and health. I don't want to talk about my contract. I don't want to talk about the situation that's been in, that I've been in, that, you know, the, the Colts have kind of caused, and I've also kind of caused, and my agent's been talking smack, and Jim Irsay's talking about running backs. I'm not going to address any of that type of stuff, but I'm going to talk for 11 minutes essentially about nothing. You can hear all of Taylor's comments on the bonus episode of the Blue Zone podcast that we posted on Thursday. You know, instead, we found out Saturday that Taylor agreed to a three-year, $42 million extension with the team. That's about $14 million a year. And it just took everybody by surprise because it appeared that there was acrimony between Taylor's representatives and Jim Irsay and the Colts' front office about getting a new contract. They didn't want to give it to him because of an injury, because it was too soon. And as Chris Ballard had said, because they won four games last year and they've got a brand new coaching staff and they don't know where Taylor would necessarily fit in those plans. So what's changed here? Well, you know, I think Taylor and the Colts just, Ballard did say that relationships are repairable and apparently he was right because they were able to repair this relationship and work out a deal. They know special, they know that Jonathan's a special talent. I do recognize that. I think most of the league recognizes that. They were not able to get a trade, and you see the emergence of Zach Moss. You see the development of Anthony Richardson. You see how this team looks like, you know, this year may not just be a year that's going to go in the waste bin. This might be a legitimately good football team. Now, we're going to know a little bit more in a few weeks, and that's always the case in the NFL, but did anybody think the Colts would be 3-2, and 
going into week six, I mean, I, I certainly did not think that they were going to do that. I did not think that they had it in them to perform the way they did against the Tennessee Titans after struggling against that team for such a long time. I think that all had a lot to do with it. It's sort of like the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world that JT and the Colts couldn't agree on a new contract. He's a special talent. The Colts know it. JT likes being here, or at least we thought he did up until, uh, what, the summer. And when he found out he wasn't going to get a new contract right away, that kind of was the, the precipitated this, this whole sort of off-season drama. And let me tell you, my first thought was it's a three-year contract for Jonathan Taylor, but it is a three-year extension on us having to talk about Jonathan Taylor's contract. It's a three-year break. We get to talk about this maybe a couple more times during the season. We no longer have a disgruntled running back who doesn't have a contract. We no longer have to talk about the franchise tag, the Colts using it next year and maybe the year after that, and Jonathan Taylor may be thinking about sitting out or any of that stuff. It's all done, gone, over. We can get back to football, and I think that's where everyone would like to be. He was used sparingly as you would expect for a guy who only practiced a couple of times and had a walkthrough on Wednesday. But uh, he was activated off the pup list, physically unable to perform list last week, able to return to the active roster. They activated him on Saturday, and he was used sparingly. Just six carries for 18 yards, three yards per carry. He did have a very important catch, a 16-yarder on, uh, on, on a field goal drive. And every score was important for the Colts in this game. And that was a pretty big play there when it happened. But you know what? We heard from JT on Thursday. He didn't have much to say. Let's hear what he said after this game, his first for the Colts since December of 2022. Put in perspective where this, uh, where you started and started training camp to now, I mean, a lot has happened, but it's the way it's ended and so forth. Just what's the perspective on how, how it transpired? Man, it's been a, it's been a journey, um, but to be able to finally step back on the field today with my brothers, it was a that was a good feeling. Um, it's been a while, and just trying to get the feet wet, get back into it. Uh, it's a you know NFL is a physical game, so just being able to work yourself back in felt great. I mean, I don't know anybody who says this, but it felt great getting hit uh, just because you know you haven't felt that in a while. What was the emotion like running out of the tunnel and just kind of hearing the reception of everybody? It was awesome. It was. I mean, we we got the best fans in, in the whole United States, really the world. We got the best fans in the world, and just hear them scream and roar, you know, coming out the tunnel. And all we're doing is doing what we love. I mean, it's priceless. What can you say about your running mate, Zach Moss, and his performance today? I mean, you guys see one. I just don't know how he keeps hitting that spin move. That, I got to add that into my repertoire. But I mean, you just see how dynamic he is. He's a tough runner, and then you guys saw today. He has breakaway speed too. So don't sleep. You got the deal done, got an extension done. Can you take us through what that means for you and, and what led to a deal? It means a lot just to be able to know that I'm going to be here playing for the best fans in the world, playing with some of the best players in the world, um, and to just know that it's a family atmosphere here. Like I said from day one, after my first season, I always wanted to retire a cult. So to be able to take another step towards that, it's amazing. Like you said, it's been a long journey to this point, but just did, how much did that weigh on you, just sort of the uncertainty of the past year of figuring out kind of what your future is and where it is? Um, it, it weighs a lot. And then especially, you know, when you're not healthy and, you know, you can't go out there and do what you love. I mean, it's it's tough. It, it pushes you and it puts you in, in tough positions mentally. And, 
you got to have a good support system. I mean, my wife is, is a huge supporter of me, and, and she's my rock. So being able to push through that as well as the rehab and then now finally being able to step back on the field with a win, it's amazing. Do you think this is a win for running backs as far as, like, where you all are viewed, the value you all have, people saying you're replaceable, things like that? I definitely think it is. Anytime a running back can go out there and perform but also um, have some security, it just shows that running backs are essential. I mean, you guys saw today, <laughs> Zach, Zach Moss, like just being able to, to lean on him in order to come out with the win. I mean, that last drive, I think we got the ball with like eight minutes and 55 seconds left. It was a long drive. And, you know, kudos to Zach for being able to be that tough runner, for being able to take us down the field. You know, some, you know business sometimes does get a little personal, and this was a long – uh, role, but how, how do you think, I mean, other than just money, but like, do you think there were other things that happened to kind of bring you guys back together and get on the same page and, and everybody move forward together? Yeah, number one, I think the big thing was, you know, let's take a step back and look at what the number one goal was. The number one goal was always to get healthy. Um, So, you know, once you kind of clear that hurdle, there's a whole new door and plethora of uh, possibilities. So, like I said, just being able to to grind it out, just grind it out throughout the entire offseason, trying to get back healthy and just get my feet wet today. It was it was a good feeling. I'm really looking forward to next week. The other day you said that you kind of wanted to prove to yourself that you're healthy again. I know this is just one game, but did you feel moments like that? Was there a moment out there where you felt like you're yourself again? Yeah, especially that first play when uh, you got a de-tackle tackling you for the first time since December 15th. Uh, you you kind of know, like, hey, I put in some solid work as the game progressed, being able to just get a feel more and more. And, you know, I tacked this next week at practice, and then I'm excited for next week. Did it, did it hit you at all that it was, you know, the Titans at Lucas Oil, you know, same spot last year with the ankle? Did you think at all about that sort of full circle moment? This is the first – you just – I didn't even think of that. That's crazy. I didn't even think of that. Wow. I was just so excited to be back out there, I didn't even think of that. That's wild. Thank you for bringing that up to me, actually. <laughs> James has always been helpful, just being able to lean on him. I mean, you look at the type of back he was. I mean, a legendary Hall of Fame running back. So just being able to, to gather advice from someone who's done what you're trying to do, has walked that path, um, I think that was instrumental. And I don't think you would – I don't think that would be a smart move to not take someone's advice who's already walked the same path as you. When you're dealing with – you're in a public space, people can look up how much you make, you know, and how long you're going to be here or whatever – when you're viewed sometimes in such a transactional way, like how do you navigate that or keep, kind of keep the blinders on when you're saying, I think I'm worth whatever, and then you have a ton of people saying, oh, well, I think this? I really think you just got to lean on your support system, the guys inside of these walls. I mean, every single day, those guys are encouraging me and pushing me, hey, you know, we can't wait to see you back out there. And, and that pushes me through my rehab process, just knowing what that feeling was like, running behind Quentin Nelson, Ryan Kelly, pass protecting for Anthony Richardson or Gardner, like just being able to have that vision on what I want to be, and I want to be back out there with my guys. So that, that really took me through the rehab process. You guys, you, Quentin, you know, you go back to Marlon Mack, a lot of guys here have contributed to establishing an identity of like a power, you know, a power run team that, you know, it's tough to play. Are you getting back to that, do you feel like? 100%. I think when you have guys up front like we have, it's not like, you know, hey, let's just run this play. It's no, hey, let's go run this play. Let's dominate everybody that's across from us, and let's go score. And when you have guys like that in front of you, it's – I don't know what kind of person you can be, but it's really hard to not give 
more than you even have. Just try to empty the tank every single time. Would you have played for the Colts again without a new contract? I think with a new contract, that really doesn't matter because being able to work through with Jim Irsay, Chris Ballard, and the entire organization, the number one goal was always to get healthy. Um, I think that's where things got misconstrued at, and everybody was on the same page on Jonathan needs to get healthy. Jonathan wants to get healthy. We want Jonathan healthy. And I think the fact that it was a little delayed, um, one, it was a big hit on myself because, you know, you just plan everything out after surgery and then, you know, it takes a little longer and you got to keep grinding, keep grinding, keep grinding. You don't know when you're going to come out of it and then you start to come out of it little by little each day and then you start doing more and more and then you start progressing Then it leads you to this, a win and a division at home. So is getting healthy the reason why you got received an extension or feel like you've received an extension? I was going to say, yeah, I mean, feel like, I don't know. At the end of the day, it's always the organization's uh, decision. But being able to put yourself in the best position is always the number one thing you can do. And for me, that was getting healthy. I just about this a little bit the other day about you, know, you want to get back to being that like happy guy we see around. Um, just what has this week been like for you kind of? I guess resetting the mood and, and seeing some happy things within these buildings again. It's been awesome. It's been, like I said, finally being able to be on the practice field with my guys and, and, and hear them speak in the huddle and, and those little encouraging things, you know, fist bumps or let's go. Something that you miss. You miss very, very, very dearly. So being able to now be in the huddle on game day at home with the best fans in the world, it was just a real feeling. As you continue right, to work one. your way back and start getting more snaps, and we know what Moss can do, how potent of a backfield do you think you guys can be? I think it can get really scary. I mean, and I think you guys got a taste. Actually, not even today you guys got a taste. You guys have been getting a taste the past few weeks with Zach. Um, so now, now it's on me in order to continue to do my part and continue to help this team. Uh, and that's what I'm going to do every single day, grind inch by inch, and we'll get there. All right, up next, the Colts get to take on the Jacksonville Jaguars at Everbank Stadium. It's been a house of horrors for the Colts. They've lost eight straight road games against Jacksonville. We all know the history there. I looked this up today, their last win, 2014. Andrew Luck was the cornerback. Adam Vinatieri was the kicker. The Colts got touchdowns from Ahmad Bradshaw, Dwayne Allen, Kobe Fleener, and remember this name, Hakeem Nix. All had touchdowns for the Colts there. Greg Toller had an interception return touchdown for Indianapolis. Blake Bortles was the quarterback for the erstwhile Jacksonville Jaguars during that game. That's the last time the Colts were able to escape with a win there. 44-17 was your final. They entered the game 3-2 and two with a chance to take a division lead here. I mean, if they can beat, if they can beat Jacksonville, they will be at 4-2, and two, and they'll be in the division lead there in the AFC South. They will, however, have to do it without Anthony Richardson, who should probably miss at least a few weeks with that sprained shoulder joint. We will have a full preview. We'll break it down. We'll get Mike Chappell's thoughts on the crazy weekend with uh, JT's contract. We'll hear from Dave Griffiths about what he thinks about the Colts game and their upcoming matchup with the Jags. That's all coming up on the next episode of the Colts Blue Zone podcast. Thanks for joining us. I'm Matt Adams. Matt Adams.